This morning, I want to get stuck into the Word of God and what He has for us as a people today. I want to start with a very familiar verse. We've probably heard this. We've probably said this. It says, where there's no vision, the people. For a lack of vision, the people. Now, I studied this a little bit more in depth in the Hebrew language to really understand what was written there and what it means. And it basically covers three thoughts. It says without vision, and that word vision in the Hebrew, and I'm not going to try and speak Hebrew, I'm going to try and pronounce it correctly, is chazon. And that isn't just strategic and planning vision, but the word chazon specifically means prophetic revelation. So where there is no prophetic revelation, now interesting that we use the word perish. Again, went to the Hebrew word, and what does it mean in, in essence, when the, the author wrote it, he said, where there is no prophetic vision, the people are laid bare. There's nothing to cover them. There's nothing that they can hold on to. There's nothing for them to walk in. And then an interesting ha- thing happens in one verse. He takes the spiritual and the revelation of the prophetic and he binds it to the scholastic, the word of God. And he says a second statement, but it's in keeping his law that we find blessedness. And we see this powerful moment of two worlds coming together that God speaks to us prophetically and he brings to us a revelation of where he wants wants us to be. But if we tie that together with keeping his commandments and his written word, we will walk in blessedness. I wanted to paraphrase it like this this morning. If people can't see what God is doing, they stumble all over themselves. But when they attend to his law, they are most blessed. And Vision Sunday is exactly that. It's an opportunity for us to pull these two worlds together, to say, God, in your word and the way that you've written it and what we see in Christ Jesus, you have given us a law and some statutes and principles to walk in. And on a morning like this, we would, we would make the biggest mistake to not go and remind ourselves of that, that the word of God is the, the thing that leads us in the vision that he has for us. But then with that, on the other side of the coin, he says, but I've got something specifically, prophetically, that I wanna reveal to you for you to walk in. And my prayer is this morning as we study that we'll find both of these worlds coming together powerfully so that we can continue to walk in that which God has for us. I wanted to mention to us again that our vision corporately as a house and in alignment to who we are as a movement is to be Christ-centered, spirit-empowered, and socially responsible in everything we do. Christ-centered simply means this. I'm gonna read from Colossians. It's understanding this, that he, Jesus, is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation, for by him all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things were created through him and for him, and he is before all things, and in him all things hold together, and he is the head of the body, the church, he is the beginning. We've gotta keep reminding ourselves often and all the time that Christ is before it all, and he is the head of the church. Secondly, we are a spirit-empowered people. We believe in the words that Jesus said that my Holy Spirit will empower you to be witnesses all, all around the world. 
We can't do this journey without the empowering of the Holy Spirit. It's what we prayed this morning with that song, God, that you would come and breathe on us again so that we can walk in everything that you have for us. The third thing that we believe we are as a people is socially responsible. The scripture that we always use in line with this is whoever oppresses the poor insults his maker. That's quite strong. Whoever oppresses the poor insults his maker. But he who is generous to the needy honors him. We want to honor God by being generous to the needy. And so these three things we've put around our hearts as a people and we say, Jesus, you are always at the front. No one else is. No one else leads but you. You are the head of the house and you put leadership in place to keep it all together but we follow you. And we can't do that without Holy Spirit coming and empowering us to live that life boldly. And then we do that always being mindful of the needy around us. Our five values is lordship, discipleship, evangelism, leadership, and family. And I looked at that over the week and I thought that's basically simply just living the gospel, understanding that Jesus is Lord, making disciples and going and sharing the good news of the gospel with others. That's evangelism. And then walking it out with them and growing them like Jesus did those who followed him, taking leadership of our own lives and the world that we find ourselves in and all doing that whilst being in community with natural family and spiritual family. So we are Christ-centered, spirit-empowered, socially responsible, but we walk it out through understanding he is Lord by making disciples, by telling everyone we find in our journey about this Jesus and his good news, leading our lives in a powerful way and doing that with family. And this morning I'm excited to, to share with you that as an eldership team we've been praying, and this is the beauty of being part of a, a global movement but having autonomy within the own, in our own homes to say, we, we ascribe to what it is that God has called every nation globally to, but we also have a context locally that we need to express whatever God has called us to ex express in this culture. And with excitement this morning, I share with you that from this moment forward, we're gonna include social responsibility as a core value of this house. And I believe this is a prophetic statement, and I pray that something would rise up in our hearts, that we would understand that in today's time, and especially in this nation that we find ourselves in, we have to make sure that we are social, socially responsible at every opportunity, that we open our hearts and our hands to the needy so that we can honor their maker. So we're gonna talk about this much more. It is already in our vision, but we're also gonna make sure that it becomes a value in this house and that we, we steward and guard that value with everything possible. And that, I believe, is the, the word of God for us on this one side. Who we are, what we think, what we do, what we look like, understanding that with clarity, being blessed in knowing that this is the word of God and the law of God over our lives to live like this. But then Vision Sunday is an incredible opportunity to bring it to this side and say, that's great, God, but you have something very specific and prophetically for us as a house. Where there is no prophetic revelation, the people of God are laid bare. And I believe this morning God wants to cover us so that we don't stand bare with an understanding of what that prophetic revelation is 
for us for the year. The beginning of last year, we said God is leading us into a season of devotion. Now, I want to say this, and it's important, that doesn't stop. It's not like the watch ticked over on the 31st of December, like, our devotion is all over. Lord Jesus, what have you got for us right now? We live like that in our lifetime. We think, you know what, God works to the calendar, and he absolutely does not. He simply works to however he wants to as he stands outside of time. And the journey of devotion is one that we're gonna continue because that's the only journey that we can walk into fully have Jesus in the center of what we do is when we are on our knees before him every single day. I believe last year was a position here. It wasn't as much a let's go and achieve all these amazing things. It was God doing a deep work here and making sure our hearts are completely devoted to him. I love the prophetic word Eliana had for us last week during worship, saying that he looks at us and he smiles because he sees devoted hearts. And we're gonna continue to remind ourselves that 2017 was an opportunity to position our hearts before him. But we said as well that it's when there's deep devotion to Jesus that dynamic demonstration takes place, right? You guys remember that? And so often that's what we make the focus as a church. We wanna write a vision that's just all about the massive demonstrations and not starting with the devotion. But I believe that we are entering a season and this is part of the prophetic word God has for us of seeing more of that demonstration take place. And I, I, think, I think what God is saying to us is that it's a season of increase. And that's the word that he has put on my heart for the last few months. And what I love about is standing in here in confidence this morning knowing that it wasn't just Pierre that has to now find a place up in the mountain and go on my knees and say, Lord Jesus, please just give me a word. Please just give me a word. And then 20 words pop up into my head. And then this was a very naturally God-directed journey to get to this point. And I'm gonna share some of the prophetic words that came from you guys with us this morning that has affirmed and confirmed this word of increase. So I believe that we're gonna enter a season where we're gonna see more of the demonstration of the work of God in our midst. And there are very specific areas of increase that I believe he's gonna lead us in. Let's start at the beginning of this year. The very first message was about increase. John the Baptist in John 3 verse 30 that said, he must increase, therefore I must decrease. First Sunday of the year, we started speaking about this, that there's an increase of Jesus that he wants to bring to this house. And we need to stand tall in what he's called us to do, but it's always for the increasing of him. Then over the last two weeks, we've been speaking about God calling us higher, making us sure-footed as deer in the high places. That there's a call for us to come up higher to what he has, and a week, know that it's not by strife or by effort that we manage to find out our standing there. It's him making us sure-footed as deer in the high places. There's an increase to get to the greater places that God has for us. And we as a people will be able to stand there. And I believe we're going to start seeing the fulfillment of a prophetic word that was spoken over this church in November 2015 when there was a handover of leadership Gillian Davids, who serves on our apostolic team, said this church better put on some hiking boots because there's mountains for us to climb in this society, in this community. Mountains that's ready for the taking. Mountains of, of influence as we increase and get to those high places where he will make us sure-footed as a deer. 
the beginning of this year, and Elena and I have been talking about this much, is we've sensed just an incredible position of rest and peace and knowing that he has 2018 in his hands. We don't wanna over plan and over strategize. We wanna hear and we believe there's increase, but he will give us the right shoes to climb the right mountains and be able to stand there. And then we read out of the, the book of Acts how the church there saw increase as they devoted themselves to Jesus. Three verses, and the word of God continued to increase and the number of disciples multiplied greatly. So the word of the Lord continued to increase and prevail mightily. And then the last one there, Acts 16 verse five, so the churches were strengthened in the faith and they increased in their numbers daily. So I believe the season of increase that God has for us, it's gonna be an exciting one. It's gonna take effort, it's gonna take hard work, but without the strife. This morning we were praying, and God reminded me of that powerful scripture where it says that my yoke is easy and my burden is light. So in the work of ministry and in co-laboring with him, Psalm 127, unless the Lord builds the house, those who build, build in vain. I had a revelation about this scripture last week, and it says, in anxious toil you lie awake and you worry. And I was studying this, and it's almost as if I, I decided to make anxiety my friend. And that's kind of weird, Pierre. Why do you want to make anxiety your friend? I said, well, anxiety is the litmus test to let me know that I'm building and not God. Because when I lie awake in anxiety about what tomorrow is gonna hold, I'm trying to build the house. But if I stand back and I'm free of anxiety, and I say, God, whatever you wanna do, and that anxiety creeps up, I started making that a, a moment in my life to say, whoa, 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 Pierre, you are anxious about something, so maybe you are doing this out of your own strength. Stand back and let God build a house. I was reading this week where Elijah were up against the Baal prophets. They did all the crazy things to try and see their God, Baal, consume the offering that they brought. You guys can go and read the story. It's the last few chapters in the book of First Kings. And you guys know the story. Elijah started mocking them. He started joking. He says, maybe you should call a little louder. And they shouted and they screamed and they went into this ballistic showdown of craziness to try and see this offering consumed. They even started cutting themselves and nothing happened. And Elijah stood back and he started saying, bring me some water. And he wet the offering that he prepared, 12 stones that represented the 12 tribes of Israel. He put the offering on there. He waited. He waited once more and the third and the fourth time. And he cut a trench around it and it was all soaking wet. And he stood back and he simply prayed a prayer. And he said, God, would you reveal to these people that you are the living God? And in an instant, it was consumed by fire from heaven. No showdown, no craziness. And then he goes through this season of, of anxiety because Jezebel was chasing him. So much so that he falls into terrible depression. And he goes and he hides away and God comes and speaks to him and says, I want you to go stand on the mountain and wait for me because I've got something to show you. And he goes up and he stands on the mountain and it says that the Lord brought a mighty rushing wind but he was not in it that the Lord brought an earthquake and he was not in it. And finally, there was a whisper. And the Bible said when the whisper happened, Elijah kneeled down with his face to the ground because God was in the whisper. God taught 
Elijah a powerful lesson. It's not by your screaming and your showdown and your craziness and the massive things that I move. It's simply by you waiting and so often in the quietness I come and I come with my fullness and my power and my presence. And I believe that God is leading us to a place where he will bring the increase. We sow, we water, but the increase belongs to Jesus. Here's some words to confirm and I, I took a whole lot of different ones from different people. And it doesn't really matter who they're from. It's irrelevant because we are a family and we do this together. But I just highlighted some sentences. The word for us as a body is, I keep getting the words momentum and growth. I sense there is much growth still to come in our body this year. It speaks of increase. Second one from another individual. I sense the increase of his glory and of his power to which there is no end. Bringing about an increase of his kingdom already established through the example of Christ, so much of what we did last year, Christ in the middle for us to receive and to follow and to walk in. Wealth of abundant provision for all we need to do in the season is available. It's been there all along, but God is opening our eyes and wisdom to see it and to receive it. All he has for us in Christ Jesus. Another one starts like this. Hey, broer, here is a paar dinge wat ek ervaar. It's beautiful. Vrede in positie. Speaks about peace and position. And then the words, there's gonna be an increase and multiplication. Trust in the Lord brings truth that increase and that fruit and then the scripture, blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord, whose trust is in the Lord. He is like a tree that does not cease to bear fruit. The next one, another person, I feel like the Lord is creating a moment to share the gospel with those that have been very shut off to the gospel. I get the sense that there have been many people who have been laboring through the night, but there's a new dawn coming that will bring fruits and fruition to the seeds that have been planted. I believe that the seeds will produce fruit at an accelerated rate. It's one of the other things that God highlighted, that there's gonna be a quickening and acceleration in when he moves. And then further on, I feel like there's a turning of tables coming. The Lord is bringing change. And the promise added to that, in that, in that change, he is taking us as a church to an increased level. Isn't that amazing? From amongst us. I love this one. There was, there was a vision of five arrows that were shared with us. Several fiery arrows had been released towards every nation, Somerset West. And this was a good thing. The first arrow had the notification of new direction on it. It's an arrow of confirmation of the new direction that we as a church are on and that we are seeking God as a house. The second arrow was an arrow of helps. It is an indication that new people will be sent to help with the load, especially with the influx that we're gonna see. And next week is an opportunity for you to find out where you can help in carrying the increase that God is bringing. The third arrow will be a sign of blessing, that the Lord is pleased with the faithfulness and obedience of the house, and he will pour himself out in a greater measure. The fourth arrow is a notification that reads provision that whatever we believe to and hold fast to the promise of God is possible through Jehovah Jireh. And the fifth arrow is an arrow of healing. The Lord is anointing this house to be a place of refuge 
and healing. Isn't that amazing? The prophetic words all aligning back to Proverbs 28, 19, when there is no prophetic revelation, people stumble and they are laid bare. And I am so confident this morning that God is gonna lead us into a season where we see the increase here. Here are the five areas I believe after reading this and praying and seeking him that we're gonna see increase. The first one is an increase in favor. It said this of Jesus, and Jesus increased in wisdom and in, the stat- in, and in stature and in favor with God and man. I looked at this verse, first of all, my first reaction to it, like, wait, wait a minute, we're talking about Jesus here. Of course, he increased in favor. But then the fact that it says he increased in favor with both God and man makes this applicable to our lives. As we continue to devote ourselves and run after Jesus, there'll be an increase in favor for God upon our lives and with people in our community. I love the picture that's being painted in Jeremiah 29. We all know Jeremiah 29, 11. Anyone wanna be bold enough this morning to quote it? For I know that I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to give you What we do with verses like that is we never or seldom go and read the context. This was written to Israel while they were in captivity. It wasn't an instant, quote this and your life is gonna be better, prophetic word. And while they were in a season of captivity, God gave them that word as hope. But right before that, he speaks about them seeking his favor for where they are. Jeremiah 29 verse five says, build houses and live in them. Plant gardens and eat their produce. Take wives and have sons and daughters. Take wives for your sons and give your daughters in marriage that they may bear sons and daughters. Multiply there where they were in exile and do not decrease, but seek the welfare of the city where I have sent you into exile and pray to the Lord on its behalf for in its welfare you will find welfare. And I believe that if we continue to trust him and he establishes his favor upon us, we will see the favor of man come to us as well. And as we seek the welfare of this community of Somerset West and the Helderberg, we will welfare in that same welfare. So we've got to start trusting him for an increase in favor in this very community that he has placed us in. The second increase, I believe, and we've read it through these words as well, is an increase in fruitfulness. John 15 verse eight says this, by this my Father is glorified. How do I glorify God? Well, by this, that you bear much fruit and so prove to be my disciples. The verses before that reads like this. I am the true vine and my father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away, speaks of old wood, speaks of the previous season where that is not fruitful anymore and he comes and he removes that, he takes it away. And every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so that it may bear more fruit. If we believe in an increase of fruitfulness and more fruit in our corporate expression and in our individual expression, we've got to position ourselves for pruning this year where we say, God, come and cut away everything that you don't like. If you don't prune a tree, and I don't wanna get into farming because I'm the worst one when it comes to gardening, but if you don't prune it, there's not gonna be a whole lot of fruit. He continues saying, abide in me and I in you. 
as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine. There it is again, devotion. Neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine and you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he is the one that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. By this my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit and so prove to be my disciples. This week I had a conversation with someone in our church and I hope it's okay to share the story, but he has a water business. And can you imagine in what the city of Cape Town is going through, what an opportunity, right? I've got a water business, got the solution. And I had a conversation with him this week and he said, you know what, Pierre, I'm gonna help the corporate sector, the hotels and the businesses who buy from me and God told me, you better do that at cost. It's not an opportunity for you to now raise the cost of the water because there's need. And I was incredibly blessed right there by doing that, that individual has raised rather his level of fruitfulness for the kingdom. Because what a witness to tell his clients, you know what, yes, I'll supply water. Well, it's probably gonna cost us a pretty penny. You know what, I'll give it to you at cost price. And that's what I believe God is calling every individual to, for us to rise in fruitfulness where he has placed us. And it happens from that place of abiding with Jesus and being with him and staying with him that we can make bold steps like that and take bold steps like that for today for the people around us as we seek the welfare of the city together and not our own personal gain. The third area of increase I believe he's calling us to is an increase in compassion. And what I mean by this compassion is not specifically for this, the area of social responsibility where you see a hungry individual and you feel compassion. But the compassion I wanna to refer to here is the compassion that Jesus had when he saw the people were lost without a shepherd. He has prayed and he said, you know what you ought to do as my children? You have better start praying to the Lord of the harvest that he would send more people into the harvest. There's more than enough people available for God to send into the harvest. The problem that it doesn't happen, the reason it doesn't happen is because of the disobedience to those that he is calling. And he said, you better start praying because it's when we pray for the harvest that a heart for the harvest starts rising up. And he said, the harvest is ripe and ready. And then right after that, this is written down in the Gospel of Matthew. And Jesus, having seen the crowds, he was moved with compassion for them because they were wearied and cast away. The other translation said they were harassed and cast away as sheep not having a shepherd. Jesus made it clear, he said, I didn't come for those who are healthy. I came to seek and save the lost. And we have to get to a place where our hearts are filled with compassion again when we see our family and the people around us, are we moved still with the good news of Jesus? I shared this last week. Does the bad news affect us so much that we have to share the good news of the gospel with the people around us? And I'm trusting God, and Eliana and I have been saying, we wanna see a season where this church grows in number by no other reason than people getting saved and having a revelation of Jesus. It is easy to build a church, an expanded church with Christians. It's the easiest thing in the world. If there's carnality in it, you just really present an amazing place. 
you give the best music that you can, you, you have the greatest meetings, you're incredibly hospitable, and all of those things are incredibly important. But we wanna see a house that's getting increased with people that we had a compassion for because they are without Jesus. And will we be a people who say, God, I pray for that, number one, on my list this year. You see, when he gives us favor and there's more fruit in our lives, then we've got to bind compassion to that so that we can walk and use that favor and that fruit to bring those people into his kingdom. The fourth area of increase, and this goes with the value of social responsibility, is an increase in benevolence. That we would be a benevolent people. That we would carry the pain of the suffering in the world around us. I love hearing the stories. I had a conversation with someone last night about this. But there's people dreaming in this house about a food bank and saying, come on, can we get it going? There's people dreaming about the Eastern Cape and more projects in the rural areas of the Eastern Cape where there's massive need. There's people in this church dreaming about giving children stationery at the beginning of the year who can't afford it. There's people dreaming about more schools and educate centers. And this touches the heart of God. Isaiah 58 speaks of this so clearly. God challenges his people and they're fasting and going crazy. And he says, is this not the fast that I choose? To lose the bonds of wickedness, to undo the straps of the yoke, to let the oppressed go free and to break every yoke. Is it not to share your bread with the hungry and bring homeless poor into your house? Man, that's been challenging. Personally, do I simply open up my front door and let the homeless poor in? And honestly, I don't. But God, I'm praying for an increase in my heart to be more benevolent, that I can start living like this. Yeah, but Pierre, no, no, no. This is the word of God. And I need to challenge myself in that. I know what my conversations are like with Eliana. She's probably much more mercy motivated than me, but I always come up with an excuse or an answer. And God's been saying, Pierre, are you gonna trust me to bring an increase in your heart to be more benevolent? That scripture continues. Mm -hmm. When you see the naked to cover him and to not hide yourself from your own flesh. And again, here's one of those beautiful prophetic words we quote, but we've gotta see the context. Then shall your light break forth like the dawn and your healing shall spring up speedily and your righteousness, righteousness shall go before you. The glory of the Lord shall be your rear God. Then you shall call and the Lord will answer. You shall cry and he will say, here I am. If you take away the yoke from your midst, the pointing of the finger and speaking wickedness. If you pour yourself out for the hungry and satisfy the desire of the afflicted, then shall your light rise in the darkness and your gloom shall be as noonday. That's my prayer that we become a people who fast like this. We become a people and say, God, we choose this fast. We have to live like this in today's time and age. And again, this is hiking boot stuff. This isn't a quick, let's go out this door and at least with the favor part, we're gonna see an increase in the favor of God on us. But when it gets to this, it's a little bit more meaty, right? We're gonna have to get proper hiking boots for this one. I believe it's possible. If you believe that with me, say amen. amen. And then this is exciting. And this, again, encouraged by just trusting God but prophetically being confirmed in so many ways that we're gonna see an increase in resources. Because if we wanna do all these things that come right before it, we're gonna to have to have a whole lot to make this happen, right? 
It's what Jesus said. If you wanna be my disciple, it's like a man building a house. You sit down and you count the cost first and you work it out because how stupid would it be if you say, I'm gonna build that house and halfway through, like, oh my goodness, I'm out of money. And in the same way, Jesus said, if you wanna be my disciple, count the cost first. Look at what it's gonna cost, work it out, and then make a decision. And these four, first four steps that I believe, fruitfulness, favor with God and man, an increase in compassion, and an increase in benevolence is gonna be incredibly costly. But I have faith for the resources that we need as a community to seek the welfare of this city and South Africa and the nations of the world. In Exodus, God speaks to Moses and he gives him the instruction to build the tabernacle in Exodus 25. He says this, the Lord said to Moses, speak to the people of Israel that they take for me a contribution. Where's, gonna find, where's God gonna find the resources for the tabernacle amongst the people? From every man whose heart moves him, you shall receive the contribution for me. And then he, he lists a whole lot of stuff that they're gonna need to build this tabernacle. And then it says, and let them make me a sanctuary that I might dwell in their midst. Exactly as I show you concerning to the pattern of the tabernacle and all of its furniture, you shall make it. God gives him a very clear plan and says, this is what I want you to do. But go and find the resources for it. And I believe there's some very clear things that God is saying to us. Here are some stuff I have for you as every nation sums the West. Now go and find the resources. And then let's jump forward to the last few chapters in the book of Exodus where this whole plan comes together. If you read the, the, the headlines of all these passages, it was construction, construction of the tabernacle and then making the ark, making the lampstand, making the altar of incense, making the altar of burnt offering, making the court, materials for the tabernacle making the priestly garments. God, we believe this season of favor. We believe, Lord, that we've gotta be more fruitful. We believe, God, that in this fruitfulness, Father, we have to have compassion, especially for those who don't know Jesus. Lord, we wanna be incredibly benevolent. So God, we wanna see that we build things that carries your glory and that you can come and rest upon like they did in that time. Let's build a house where God longs to dwell. Let's build a place where people can come and their physical needs are met. Let's build a place where the gospel of Jesus shines so powerfully bright that the darkness is blinded by it and it comes running. Let's build a place where the compassion of Jesus opens its heart and those doors to any kind of person that wanna come to him and the knowledge of God. And we're gonna do this for God and then it says this in Exodus 35, all the men and women, it's a repetition of 25, whose hearts were moved, brought material for all the work, which the Lord has commanded through Moses to be done. They brought a free will offering to the Lord. The final part of Exodus says this, and Moses erected the cord around the tabernacle and the altar, and he set up the screen of the gate of the cord. So Moses finished the work. Wouldn't it be amazing if all these dreams of really impacting our community, these arrows of blessedness and, and, and healing to the, to the destitute and provision 
actually take place and we can say as a house, God, we have finished the work that you have called us to. And in the beautiful picture there, then, only then when the work was done, the cloud covered the tent of meeting and the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. We today are that temple. That work is complete in Jesus Christ. We each carry that glory resting upon our lives. Can you imagine the increase that we'll see when we come together collectively with everything we have and we say, we're bringing a free will offering of our time and our money and our resources to see all the increase that God is calling us to fulfilled. And I wanna end with this scripture. To bring this all together is part of the chazon word, the prophetic revelation word that God has for us, I believe is found in Isaiah 54 verse two. Enlarge the location of your tent, let the curtains of your dwellings be stretched wide, and don't hold back. Lengthen your cords, strengthen your stakes. If we are to see an increase in this house, we've got to start making room for more of God in our midst. We don't just sing a song because it sounds cool. We sing songs because it's a prayer. And we prayed this morning, God, will you make room so that you can come and move, so that your glory can come and rest on our lives individually and corporately. And I want us to pray into this. And I don't want you to do the Christian thing and stand up and pray, but I want you to think about those five areas of increase, an increase in favor with God and man, an increase in resources, an increase in benevolence, an increase in fruitfulness, and an increase in compassion. And I want you to choose one that God spoke to you most about this morning. Where you're like, God, that's the one that I really need to trust you for. God, we hear what it is that you're calling us to and we're ready to put on our hiking boots to go to the high places so that you are increased in our lives in this community. Thank you that you're gonna make us sure-footed that we can get to those places, that we can scale the walls. When I say food bank, some of us say, goodness, that's gonna be a logistical challenge. Well, you know what? I'm willing to scale that wall because with God, we will leap it. We will jump right over it. We can be a house and a place that are completely radical for the things of Jesus. Where the destitute come and they are safe and protected.